0: I'd like to welcome everybody, and uh, I appreciate everybody making an effort to be here this morning. I, a little more of an effort than usual, but uh, I appreciate the uh, zeal and desire I have to want to be here. Um, it would have been easy to stay at the house this morning, but uh, I got a zeal to want to be here. I got a zeal to see people get saved, and uh, I just appreciate that. Um, I look forward to having a great day in the Lord, and... It only takes a few of us to gather, and he'll be here in the midst of us. But uh, we appreciate everybody making an effort, and uh, I'm going ask brother Jeremy to dismiss this Sunday school. morning everybody um, I was hoping Anthony was gonna climb up here but we'll uh, we'll give him a chance when he walks in he's dragging back here a little bit but I don't blame him it's a it's a scary thing getting up here and trying to teach and try to be in God's Word and do what he'd have you to do Um, but we're willing to to try and so we need your help and prayers and support. Most of all, we need the Lord to pass by and and give us guidance. So, um, our lesson today um, from the uh, book we got here is, uh, it's called uh, Call to Prophesy. And we're going to start, well, I guess we're not going to start in the the lesson. We're going to start with the prophesy and prophet. And to me, I, I couldn't get into the lesson until I settled on what profit was and what it is, and, and what it was in the old book and what it still is today. And so we're gonna to have to chase that word uh, "profit" a while before we get into the lesson. And um, so I think we'll we'll start out, and I just got a few notes I've written down. We'll start out in First Corinthians, uh, chapter 12. We'll uh, read verse twenty-seven through thirty-one, and this talks about. Uh, we'll just read it real quick. It talks about the the body of Christ and spiritual gifts, and it says, "Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church first, apostles; secondarily, prophets; thirdly, teachers." After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are we, all apost- are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are all teachers or all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And so they, they mention a few of the, the gifts that, that God gives us. And I won't get into all of them, um, but uh, the, the prophets and it, it kind of lists them in order. First, the apostles. And then after that, the, the prophets and teachers and, and so on down the list. And he mentioned apostles first. And, and to me, you know, we all know about the uh, apostles back in, in the New Testament and stuff. But to me, um, apostles is someone set on a mission and i think a lot of apostles as the pastors of the churches and uh, they're sent on a mission from god god gives our pastors special vision and direction and guidance to go when they stand up to preach the gospel it's it's that um, direction that helps guide and lead the church and they do so many other things behind the scenes i know terry's busy busy all the time with things he's doing for the lord and for the congregation and even people outside the congregation. And so there there's a special vision there that our, our pastors get. Um there's a special mission that they've been set on. And then after that it talks about the the prophets. So so to me, apostles and prophets are separate, but they can be prophets can can also, you know, share the gospel and, and things. So we'll we'll get farther into that. But um the the next place was well, anyone got any, any thoughts or comments on that before we read in another place? Um, the next place we're going to read is, it's still in Corinthians, but it's first uh, Corinthians, but it's 14 and it's uh, chapter one through five and I'm sorry, verse one through five. And this, this tells you that the job of a prophet, And it says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. This gets into our definition of what a prophet's supposed to do or prophesy. But he that speaketh, speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. And so that, that's the definition of, of a prophet to me that I, I found in the Bible. And there's lots of other places that they speak about prophets. But those are three things that a prophet does. And it says, and I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh. With tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Um, even, I'll read that verse twelve over here. I have that marked off also. It said, "Even so ye for for so much as ye have are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that we may excel to the edifying of the church." And that edifying of the church is another key part uh, of what we are called to do and so um i wrote down the definitions of edification exhortation and comfort and so edification is uh, a building up in a moral and religious sense instruction improvement and progress of the mind in knowledge in morals or in faith and holiness and I wrote over here to the side, uh, to strengthen or make stronger. And I think that's the first thing that a prophet was called to do. They are called to, you know, build up the church and, and to help set up, uh, I'm in another spot to talk about governments and, and things we just read. Um, but they're, they're building up of the church and more on a religious sense. Um, we're helping our brothers and sisters and moral and, uh, we're teaching, we're, uh, guiding people to do, you know, the right thing to, um, if we see a brother or sister going the, the wrong direction. We can help them and, and strengthen them and the knowledge of the Lord. Maybe, you know, God will share with us a scripture to share with somebody or, uh, experience that we've had in our life that we can reach out to somebody and help them through, through trouble. Um, but it's just, uh, helping somebody in their spiritual walk. Uh, To be better and to do better for the Lord and the verse that we read it says and the edifying of the church And that's the body as a whole. It's you know being able to you know when God gives you something to do uh, You willing to stand up and do what God gives you whether it's you know to sing a song or testify or to preach or it's just a willingness and humbleness before God to do whatever he's asking you to do to lift up the church and to help the congregation and help your brothers and sisters so um does uh anyone ha- have any comments on that before we go a little farther um, the next one's a exhortation and I-, I like this one a lot it says the definition of that is to call to one side to summon encourage lift up ask someone truthfully and anxiously to do something and if, if that's not the mission of the church i i don't know what is it's to call people to the lord's side to you know go out and reach out and beg people to come in um it's to you know talk to our loved ones talk to the people that we meet that god opens the door to us but just in our daily lives it, it's to you know show them that we've got something different that God's done something in our life that makes us set apart and separate from what the world is. And we, we need to be zealous about calling people to our side, uh, encourage them and lift them up. And you know, they may, like we talked earlier, they may be going through a hard time. Um, I, I think, uh, one of the biggest outreaches is, is, um, when someone has a loved one that passes away, whether you're at their funeral or you're able to comfort them in, in times of trouble, And that comfort goes right along with this, too. They all three mesh really nice together. But it's the ability just to reach out and to do what God bids us to do. So um, We'll just go ahead and read comfort. It says comfort to give strength and hope to ease the grief or trouble. And like I said, that goes hand in hand with uh, edification and exhortation. It's that reaching out to people and being willing to uh, be in this place that God have you to be, that you can be that light, that you can be that hope, that you can point them in the direction, you know, of where their help is truly at. You know, we can say lots of good words and we can, you know, try to comfort people. It's one of the hardest things I've ever found to do is to comfort somebody when they're in trouble. Um, but when we lay ourselves aside and let the God let God work through us, let the Holy Spirit move through us, it gets a lot easier um but we can really only point them to god and then they can you know find that true peace and that true happiness and that true fulfillment and that real comfort you know the holy ghost the, the real comforter to them and then they can know for themselves so um so the, those are all the kind of the jobs that the prophet has and, and i see that in people throughout the entire church i see it you know Um, from the people that were way up in years to the really young to the men to the women to the little girls to the little boys you can see people being a light and an outreach and an extension of the church's arms and it really an example to how we should live our lives and how we ought to behave and the priorities that we should have in life so I know a lot of times in the Old Testament the prophets they did a lot of the same things and uh, sometimes they would have, um, visions and foresee the future many, many, many times. It was about the coming of Jesus and, and, you know, foretelling um, about the day that Jesus would come, um, the struggles that he would go through and the ultimate sacrifice he would give and for, to give us all the ability to, to be saved. So there, there's a, there's a lot of things that the a prophet does. Um, it's not uh, so much, you know, when, when you hear the word prophet, you think about, you know, people telling the future and seeing things afar off or, or seeing um, things. Um, I, I like to think about the prophet as, um, in the Old Testament, they, they fulfilled all these other things that, that I just talked about with the edification, the exhortation and comfort. Um, they had the prophecies about Jesus coming. They had other prophecies about, famines and, and all kinds of other things. Um, they had visions and they would, you know, a lot of times go and instruct leaders and in how they should go. They were kind of the, um, I guess they were kind of, they, they were filled with the Holy spirit, but they did God's will and went and talked to people when God told them to go and speak. And they spoke God's word through themselves what God gave them to do. Um, uh, I wrote down another thing about a prophet as someone who speaks God's truth to others, um, instructions. And so a, a lot of times they did that in the Old Testament. They gave lots of instructions and things, how you ought to behave and how you ought to act. And um, if you were walking contrary to God, there's many times that God sent his prophets to tell Israel, hey, straighten up, you're, you're going down the wrong path, you're doing the wrong thing. And sometimes they'd listen, and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, they sent... Uh, God sent Jonah to Nineveh to tell them, you know, that they were going to be utterly destroyed unless they turned from their ways. Um, they did that made Jonah mad. He was upset about that because, you know, he, he said, God didn't, you know, you knew that they turned you know, around and you know, why'd you send me when you knew that they'd shape up? And, but it's, uh, that was pretty selfish of Jonah, I think, but it's, uh, uh, God's always got his ways of getting things accomplished, I guess, is what I'm trying to get around. In the Old Testament, he used prophets a lot. Um, in the New Testaments, he used them some. I um, also had that, well, before I get into this next part about what what else I, I kind of see the prophets' roles are, um, does anyone have any, any thoughts or comments? See, We need need all the help we can get. I don't, I know, Anthony, you study this probably as much or more than I did, and— um, but it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's been a kind of a harder lesson for me, I guess. But does, uh, anyone have any thoughts? All right. Well, the, the next place that I, I started thinking about prophets as, and I talked about this a little earlier with the prophets, and, you know, they were filling, you know, the spots and the places that god happened to do and, and talk to the leaders uh, a lot of times that pointed you know the prophecies pointed towards christ uh, there are prophets in the old testament and their prophecies really pointed back to christ or about his second coming and you know coming back and taking us all all to glory <coughs> excuse me but another spot that i saw that the prophets did was um they filled the gaps and um, so I'd, I'd like to get into talking about filling gaps. Um, the next place we'll read is over in Ezekiel chapter 13. And we'll we'll read uh, verses one through five, and. It says here, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, that prophesy and say thou unto them, that prophesy out of their own hearts, hear ye the word of the Lord. And so um, God's telling Zechariah, and he goes in talking about the Son of Man. We talked about the Son of Man a little bit the last time we, we stood up here and top, but the Son of Man is a reference to Jesus. And so to me, you know, God is telling Ezekiel these things through Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, through the spirit. And that that's the only way that you can really do anything for the Lord. Even back in the old Testament, it was all through the Holy Ghost and through the through God's leadership. But he's telling uh, Zachariah to tell Israel, they, they've got their own prophets now. And in the new Testament it talks a lot about false prophets. Well, these prophets, We're doing their own will and one of the first key requirements of being a prophet for God is you can't do your will. You have to do God's will. If God gets, you know, somebody, you know, if God wants a a word to be said and you decide to say your own word, well, I guess Jonah is a a good example. We talked about him a little earlier. Uh, Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. He said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm going to Tarshish. Well, Tarshish didn't need Jonah to go there. Nineveh needed Jonah to go there. So Jonah thought in his own self, and his own spirit, he's going to go his own way. He could have just stayed at home. He didn't have to go to Tarshish. Why did he go to Tarshish? Because he wanted to make a clear a departing from what God wanted him to do. He wanted to do his own will. And so he went the opposite way of what God told him to go, and he completely departed from what God wanted. He, he wasn't being a prophet of God then. He was being a prophet of Jonah. He was doing his own thing. And so these men of Israel, the, the prophets, they were being their own prophets. They were telling, you know, they weren't prophesying what the God wanted them to do. Um, it says them that prophesy out of their own hearts hear the word of the Lord. And so these people are saying their own things. They're not saying what God wants them to do. They're not doing um, any of that. They're, they're going their own way. Um, and Ezekiel a later on, it talks about the, the people, uh, the Prophets prophesying and taking advantage of other people um, and really, really being terrible to to the poor people and others. But um, we'll, we'll keep going with this one for a minute. And it says, thus saith the Lord God, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. And so there it talks about the visions of the prophets and they're following their own spirit. They're not doing what God wants them to do. They're doing their own thing and they they haven't seen anything god's not showed them anything god's not told them to do anything but they're moving in their own spirit and it says oh israel thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts and i I think about you know foxes and foxes are just they're really smart little cunning little animals they can get away from everything but a fox will eat just about anything it can get a hold of um i saw on i got my trail camera set up in the woods And I had a picture of a Fox with a raccoon in its mouth and I thought there's nothing in the world to eat a raccoon, but obviously a a Fox will eat a raccoon. So they're, they're very opportunistic and they'll eat just about anything, um, just to survive and and take substance. And I think, you know, what God was comparing them to here was the foxes in the desert. And I think about a desert being, you know, lack of a lot of living creatures and you can't, you know, they just devour anything that they come across there. And so um, he was just saying that they're being as foxes and they're taking whatever they can and, and devouring it, taking it from the people for their own benefit. And but this verse five is, is what I really wanted to get to about the filling the gaps. We have not gone up unto the gaps. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. And so he was talking about all the things that the prophets weren't doing. And then he gave an example of what they should be doing. It says, ye have not gone up into the gaps. So that means that they should be going into the gaps. And they should be going up and filling in the hedges or make up the hedge of the house. Why? Uh, so that Israel to be able to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. And so um, reading that, it's, you know, the prophets, one of their duties is to fill in the gaps and i think about the gaps in the old testament uh, some of the gaps that were there was you know the communication directly between man and and god and you know god talked to the prophets and he would talk to moses and aaron and to abraham and but they would then take that and distribute it to the people so the prophets back then you know they didn't have the bible to reference and go back to and read out of they had to rely upon you know, the prophets of God and the ability for them to teach them and to direct them um, and lead them, you know, through whatever they face in their lives to be able to get their wisdom and their information. Um, we have this Bible, and it's such a blessing that I don't have to sit around and wait for somebody to tell me something, but I can dig into the book and find it for myself. there, There's no gaps in the Bible, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but they didn't have it back then. They weren't able to study and and to read and to dig in and find And a lot of them couldn't read. A lot of them could. And and I mean, later on, and, you know, throughout the Bible, you know, there was more and more scriptures written down and more and more that you could study and and read and all that stuff. But it's, um, we have a treasure that we it's so accessible to us now, whereas in times past it wasn't as accessible. And so, to me, the prophets, you know, fill in the gaps. They're able to, you know, like we talked about earlier about, you know, the edification, the exhortation, and comfort. They're able to do that. They're able to fill in, in the gaps in the Old Testament. And uh, we'll read another place uh, in Ezekiel. It's chapter 22, and we referenced that just a little bit. Um, but this was where we talked about Um, the prophets of Israel again and God was upset with them and they were again doing their own thing and uh, verse 30 says and I sought for a man among them he's talking about the prophets of Israel again uh, the ones that were doing wrong and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none and so he was looking at and the prophets of, of Israel again to, you know, to be able to go and do their job, to go stand in that gap and to let people know you're going down the wrong path. You're doing wrong. God's not happy with what you're doing. And, um, he, he didn't find any that would be able to do that at that time. And so he said he didn't find it. He says, and the verses leading up to this was talking about, you know, um, what God would do unto them, but he says, Therefore have I poured out mine in indignation upon them. I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. And, you know, I, I know for me, um, a, a lot of times in my life, God's told me or showed me or told me things that I shouldn't be doing or things that I should be doing. Um, if I turn my back and go my own way, whatever punishment I get mine. And you know that's what happened unto these people, you know. God's always looking for a way for people to have a way out. That's why he sent Jesus to die for us. Um, he wants us to be able to reconcile with him, to, to do his will, um, to search him out, and to turn away from our own ways. And um, I'm thankful when I was a little boy, I did turn to the Lord, he saved my soul. and. I've been saved ever since, but there's been times in my life, um, where I've went my own way, where I've done my own thing and God's had to get my attention. And sometimes, you know, and he talks about, you know, uh, bringing the fire upon him. Sometimes the Lord's brought fire down upon me. Um, he, he's tore my house up and you know, he, he's let me know, um, the way that I walk, the things that I do were not the, what he wanted me to do and he got my attention and. It talks about, you know, God says, I chastise those who I love. Uh, I am so thankful for the chastisement of God. I'm thankful that he gets my attention. Um, When I'm walking contrary to him, uh, when I don't have my focus where it needs to be, he'll he'll let me know. And I'm glad I've gotten a lot better at listening earlier as far as to later. Um, Terry talks a lot about when he gets up and preaches about, you know, being in a spot before where, you know, God really shook him and got his attention, let him know he was doing wrong. Um, He doesn't have to shake Terry as deeply as he did before. Sometimes now it's just a little nudge in the right direction, you know, And, and that's how we should all strive to get is just, you know, he shouldn't have to tear us down every time we do something wrong to get our attention, but it should just be a little nudge and say, hey, you're, you know, just move you over back over the side a little bit, get where you need to go. And so uh, to me, that's, you know, uh, a lot of that is also uh, a prophet's job. It, it's to, you know, help recognize in our younger Christians and our brothers and sisters when they start to move a little bit in the wrong direction to help guide them back into the the right way to go. And so. Like I said, in that, the prophet's job was to stand up and fill in the gaps, to to stand where there was a hole in the wall, to stand where there was a hole in the hedge, and so that we can continue on fighting um, the battle for the Lord. it says, uh, back in verse 5, it says, Stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. And I think about the day of the Lord, to me, it's not just Sunday, but Sunday we call the Lord's Day. And that's the day where we set aside to go to church, to worship God, to you know, try to, you know, concentrate on the things that he has for us and not surround ourselves with a bunch of worldly things. Um, and so we need to be able to be to stand up in that gap and uh, on the Lord's day and be able to testify, to sing, to preach, to move in the spirit of God in that Holy Spirit that we can see our people come and be saved and or to rededicate their lives to get that little nudge back to where they should be serving the Lord. And so I've, I've talked for a long time. Does uh, anyone have any, any thoughts or anything? Appreciate that. Anyone else have a have a thought? So we'll we'll read over in one more place on on prophets, and it's over in Revelations chapter nineteen. Uh, <clears throat> verse <clears throat> 9 and 10 and it tells us um, about the spirit of prophecy and I'll just read read both these verses and it says and he saith and so this is um, John writing again and um, he talked that he is the angel of the Lord that was with him and it says and he said unto me right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper the lamb and he saith unto me these are the true sayings of god and i fell at his feet to worship him and he said unto me see thou do it not i am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of jesus worship god i like how they got that completely separate worship god don't don't fall down and worship the angel of the lord you know the angel said I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm the same as you. I am not God. Um, I'm just a fellow servant with you, a fellow laborer. And um, he said, so, so, you know, don't, don't do that, but worship God. And this last part is, is what I wanted to get to. It says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I think about what's the testimony of Jesus? Love, 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 love to me, love and truth is the Spirit of Jesus. When He came and He He died for us, He paid sin's debt, um, that, that charity and, and, you know, love and charity is kind of mixed together a lot in the Bible. Um, I see, you know, love as, you know, just the, you know, I can say I love somebody or I can show somebody I love them. And to me, showing somebody that you love them is that charity, that going the extra step. And, you know, you could tell somebody you love them, but you know, if if they're going to bed at night and they're hungry, you're not really showing them that you love them. And, and so that, you know, the, the, let me read it again for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And so, so that wraps all the way back around. to you know, what we talked about with the jobs of a prophet is, you know, for the, and you know, the building up of people um, calling to your side to give them strength and comfort and hope. Um, that that's what God has called a prophet to do. It's, and anybody in the church, you know, can be a prophet. Um, not everybody's going to be a singer. Not everybody's going to testify. Not everybody's going to preach, but in your own work that God's given you, you can be that prophet. You can, you know, be that help and that shining light to people around you, um, that they could see and desire what God has and that spirit of truth, that spirit of prophecy, which is Jesus is truth and hope and love and all, all the good things that God showed us through the time and so and and to me when it says you know testament of Jesus is the spirit of the prophecy if something's not pointing to Jesus and, and proclaiming him as king and savior then it's not a spirit of prophecy you know it's a spirit of yourself like those Israel like prophets were doing back in the old testament they were following after their own desires their own lust their own uh, advantage and things, and the, the real ones were not. They were saying God's word. They were following God's will and doing what he would have them to do. But, you know, if, if we're really following God and for we're really being a light to those around us and we're really working in that spirit of prophecy, it's going to be with the Holy Ghost. It's going to be with God leading it and guiding it and directing it. No matter what your job is in the church, um, we talked earlier about, you know, Uh, the body of christ we didn't read so much about the body of christ but we read about the spiritual gifts Um, but later on it talks about you know uh, no schism in the body but everything fit and jointly together um i just had another place i need to read if i can find it i think it's ephesians 220 seen people get up in the altar that just got saved they'd say something like uh, i'm saved i go to heaven now mm-hmm. and, uh, that fits right in with that uh, testimony of jesus that's the spirit of prophecy right. and, and like you said it has to be in the holy ghost when they testify that in spirit you got to witness uh, you know that that's a true statement and that's really going to happen and so well i like that yeah that's something you can say say for sure to, i guess uh, i like what you said that's that's the true spirit of prophecy. I, I don't have to worry about a devil's hell, you know, and, and we, we talk a a lot about, you know, uh, I I can see where a lot of people have doubts. And, and sometimes when I was a younger Christian, I, I would have some doubts. I think it's common and, and natural. The devil gets in and starts working with you. Um, but to me, um, what, what really settled me was, um, i don't have the fear of hell anymore since i've got saved i've never had that fear of hell i can remember i got saved when i was 16 i spent a lot of years where i was running from the lord and i can remember going to bed nightly and being afraid of dying and going to hell not once since i got saved when i was 16 years old i'm 40 now not once have i feared hell since i got saved Uh, God completely erased that spirit of fear and it's, it's no longer there. And so, um, that, that's how God has showed me for myself and and let me know beyond a shadow of a doubt, besides all the other wonderful things I've seen God do and and the, uh, spirit I felt, and the people I've seen get saved and sing and testify and, and the miracles and things that he's worked in my own life. It's that I do not fear hell. And when so many, so many days, I did. And the only thing that changed was me getting saved. And I say only thing, but it's not, it's the biggest thing. But that's what, what the change came. When I got saved, God took away that spirit of fear. And so, um, and this talks about uh, uh, Ephesians 2, we'll read 19 through uh, 22 and it says, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. So that goes right along with, uh, what Terry was just talking about. It's that we're fellow citizens with the saints. Um, we've been saved. We we're redeemed and we, we've got a job to do now. And, but it says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, and in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, and whom also, in whom ye also are builded together, for an habitation of God through the Spirit. And so that, that just talks about the body of Christ again. And once we're saved, we're we're right in that. You know, and they're comparing it to a building here, and the foundation of the apostles. And, and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief of everything, he he was the, without him, none of this, you know, uh, would even be possible. But him being the chief cornerstone in whom the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. And I, I think about that in our own lives, you know, we should grow with the church. We should, you know, we talked earlier about edifying the church, lifting it up, uh, helping um, it talks, you know, well, that church covenant talks a lot about sustaining the church worship and, and all those um, things. But we should be building ourselves up too. Not through ourselves, but through studying and meditation and prayer, uh, bringing ourselves to church, uh, coming to Sunday school. Um, all those things that help, you know, uh, build us together. And we can build the church stronger by us being stronger. And we can definitely you know build ourselves and i say ourselves i mean through god through god's holy spirit and it's nothing that we can do in our own selves um but we can put in the effort and god can give the increase and so so that was just another part of the you know the building together and um, but does anyone else have have any thoughts Big hurry. I like I like people join in and talk and and all that stuff. I know I get rambling and talk a lot, but if anyone's got anything to say, just pipe in. It doesn't bother me a bit. It actually helps me, really. So, so but so I going back to filling in the gaps. Um, I, I think about the prophets in the Old Testament that were filling in the gaps. And I thought, well, how does that apply to the New Testament? How do we fill in the gaps in the New Testament? And, and I thought, you know, God said, well, you get to fill in that gap today. Uh, Carl's not here. This is Carl's uh, Sunday school class. And I say Carl's. But he's, he's, he's taught it for years. Um, I figure after Carl, it's probably Blaine's. And then, you know, we fill in by, by the short straw after that, don't we, Anthony? but, but it's, it's, God's got his people to fill in the gaps and, um, not always, you know, we've all seen, you know, the saints that have influenced our lives in the past go on and be with the Lord and someone's got to stand up and fill in the gaps. Um, Terry stood up and filled in gaps. Um, one of these days, someone's gonna have to stand up and fill in the gap that Terry leaves behind, be a big gap. But he said, it would be another 40 or 50 years before he passes away the other day in preaching. So we won't won't have to worry about that for a long time. But um, we all have to be willing to stand up and fill in the gaps, Um, whether it's to get up to sing, to testify, uh, teach Sunday school, um, be a light to those around us, uh, be a prayer warrior for our family and our friends. Whatever that gap is, God's called us to fill it in. Um, In the Old Testament, you know, the prophets filled the gaps and they served the word or, or, you know, gave God's word to people. Since then, you know, we've had um, the Holy Ghost made accessible to everybody. Everybody can, you know, walk in that and and God's uh, delivered all that to us. And we can kind of, you know, we definitely have the gift of the Bible. that We can get in and study and read and to find our place in that i don't I don't think I'm going to make it to the lesson at all today. I just glanced at the clock um, but the uh we all have our gaps that we're supposed to fill in. we all have our places that you know when someone can't make it to church or someone can't you know do what you know fill fill in the spot the gap fill in whatever that might be God's got people to step up and do that if they're willing to serve and to follow after what God has for them so there's no gaps in God and um, I was thinking about the Bible and there's no gaps in the Bible either and it's all um, that's one of our um, uh, articles of faith I just want to read it real quick and um, I, I think it's key to what we're able to uh, do for the Lord, but it says of the scriptures, it says, we believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction that it has God for its author, salvation for its end and truth without any mixture or error for its matter, that it reveals the principles by which God will judge us and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world. The true center of Christian union, and the supreme standard by which all human conducts, creeds, and opinions should be tried, and so you know, in, in the Old Testament they didn't have the Bible; they they weren't able to you know get in and read for themselves and find what you know God said about a certain matter. And we're so lucky that we have that nowadays, where we can get in and we can read, and we can study, and we can find what God wants us you know. If we got a question, we can find it in the Bible. We can find out, you know, our guidance and our instruction through that. And so I'm, I'm thankful that there's no gaps in the modern church, that God's got his people all in line, and if we're willing and humble before God, we're able to stand up in the spots and, and fill the gaps, and that if we use the Bible in the way that it's intended for us, um, there's no gaps in that. We'll find all the instruction that we need. Right there with um, searching out the scripture. But, um, so, but does anyone else have, have any thoughts or anything? there's always a, I don't, if, I guess if you ever feel like you're worthy to fill a gap, you probably shouldn't be filling that gap. Um, but if you go with meekness of spirit and lowliness and, and knowing that, you know, I, one part in the Bible talks about God knows our frame. He, he knows what we're made of. I, I know what I'm made of too. And I have probably got more bad than good as far as in this outward, outward man. Um, but when we can come and you know seek after god's will and humble ourselves and like neil said just take that little bit of our willingness and our obedience to do what god wants us to do god can fill that gap god god can expand us and and help us to um be able to do the things that we didn't know that we'd be able to do and he'll be able to uh edify the church through that and that's probably about all we got time for. I see people starting to come in. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get to the lesson, um, but uh, I, I got to as far as I could get with what the Lord gave me. So all right. thanks everybody for your prayers.